Jumping from a sinking ship is a life-saving act. So why, when it comes to our own business, do we find ourselves clinging to the wheel as our business slowly, slowly, slowly sinks right in front of us and with us at the helm? Now, when did that maritime tradition of going down with your ship embed itself in our small business culture? Well, be done with that. Closing one door means another door can open. So you've got to liberate yourself from the drama of the decision so that you can move on to the real adventure ahead of you, turning who you have become as a result of working on your business into who you will become as a result of the next thing you do in your life, career, work, or business. So let's get to it. You are listening to the Thriving Empire Podcast, a show designed exclusively to help you avoid working 24-7, to help you eliminate overwhelm, and help you live your ultimate life while you figure out how to make money from your ideas. This show should be your number one resource for no-brainer strategies, tactics, and tips for launching your ideas with more ease, vision, and freedom so that you can change the world drama-free. I'm your host, Stephanie Holland, strategist, traveler, and coconut macaroon addict. Welcome to season two, kickstart your mini empire so that you can create the life you really want. So let's get started. Hola, gente guapa. Okay, that means hello, beautiful people in Spanish. I am back in my favorite spot in Mexico. It's my absolutely favorite spot on the beach in the world. I'm actually hiding from the sun today as getting used to the heat again. And the humidity actually takes a while. And I'm sleeping nine or ten hours a night at the moment. It is crazy. Like I'm going to bed at nine o'clock, which is easy because it's pitch black here because the sun is setting at 7.45. Anyway, I've been pumping into friends and my community every single day, which is one of the super cool things about this place. And I actually didn't tell anybody that I was coming back, but within two hours of arriving after a 36-hour journey from London, I was sitting at my favorite cafe and I'd already reconnected with six people. I absolutely love that here. It is effortless community. It's very kind of old school and it's the first place and first situation in my life where I've ever really had that kind of neighborhood doorstep community. And it's really one of the things that fuels my freedom life now and I really feel the absence of it when I'm away from this culture. I love Mexico. So glad to be back. So how are you? How are you doing? Now, today we're talking about the hot topic of quitting your business. It's not really a topical trend or anything, but it is a constant hot topic. Um, it's a very empowering decision to quit your business, you know, because it means you're closing a door on one side and creating another opportunity to open the same door or a different door on another side, which is really cool, but it doesn't always feel as simple or easy or expansive as that, does it? And so here are some of the questions that can cause quite a bit of drama for us. When is the right time to give up? We constantly ask ourselves that. How do you know if that's really the right thing to do? And then how do you make peace with that decision and not feel like a failure or that you might be making a huge mistake? So the simple answer is that you can quit, stop, or change trajectory right now, right this second, which means basically whenever you want. There's no right time, but there's also no bad time. You've got to do what's best for you, and you can make that decision when you want, so anytime. It's actually a decision that takes a second, one second. 
I'm going to quit my business. That's it. You decide. But the lead up to it and all the drama bundled up into that decision can take a lot longer and really suck the life force out of us, almost enhancing the main reasons why we might want to quit in the first place. For example, exhaustion in general and not being able to make decisions in general. But here's the thing to remember. You're the one in control. You were in control when you started your business, when you decided to uh, sell something that you really wanted to sell, when you, when you made your first sale, when you decided to build a website, when you decided to create a Facebook ad. You were in control of all of those decisions, just like you are still in control of this decision to quit it so that either you can go back to what you were doing before or do something else instead. Now, as a solo entrepreneur or a small business owner, you are in control of this decision no matter how many people are involved, personally or professionally, and what seems like it might be at stake. Because as the business owner and founder, ultimately, this is your decision to make. And of course, if you have people relying on you, like a family and a hundred employees, of course you're going to exit strategically. That is not the question. I think a lot of drama might be, oh, if I quit, what next? And the drama is not actually around the quitting or that decision. It's about what do I do next? What happens next? What is that transition period? So we're not talking about letting anyone down or leaving anyone in the lurch. We're talking about the decision to quit as being the best one for you, the best one for your business and best one for all stakeholders, but especially for you. And there doesn't need to be any shame around that decision, especially if it's a high integrity decision that you'll make, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Now, in the show notes over at stephanieholland.co forward slash 46, I'm sharing two very cool and very empowering and honest I quit my business stories with you. Jason Zook talks about how and why he quit his million dollar business. And actually, get this, he even considered it his first major failure despite the six figure profits. And I've also added an interview I did with Sam DeBrun, who is founder of Karmic Corpress Juice Company in Australia, who actually scaled back his company in Melbourne to focus on his new uh, passion for becoming a financial planner. And of course, cold pressed juice and financial planning are worlds apart. So whatever your potential I quit my business story is, no matter how intensely personal it feels or unique or weird it seems to you, you have an I quit my business counterpart somewhere in the world who has quit loud and proud with grace and style and moved on to their next career, work or business adventure. And they're kind of thriving because of it. So the adventure of discovering themselves and uh, what they're capable of um, as a result of doing something new, which is which is what all of this business malarkey is about anyway. But what makes the, I think, the I quit my, my getting tongue-tied with my own expressions, what makes the I quit my business decision graceful and stylish in the first place? Well, both examples I've presented in the show notes, um, Jason and Sam, they both made decisions based on their quality of life and what they really, really want to be and achieve and become. And I really hope their stories inspire your understanding that even if you go all the way, even if you do get the results you're looking for, you can still change your mind and make new choices and head in a new direction any time you want. Quitting your business is not just about failing financially. 
recruiting your business you can do even when you succeed because sometimes those results that you always thought you wanted don't generate the feelings and the reason, the, the pure motivations that you had for starting in the first place. But anyway, so let's talk about this decision because the first 18 months of your business is a wild ride. It's really exciting. It's really challenging. You're learning a ton. You're learning a ton about yourself, about business, about online business, Facebook ads, everything. Now, if you haven't quit within that time frame, I think that eight, first 18 months is a very critical time frame. Then you've pretty much developed true, a true sense of it's this combination of vulnerability and grit that honestly will serve you for the rest of your life no matter what the outcome of your business is in the end. But still, as you go, as you keep going, you might find yourself doubting, second-guessing, and questioning your decision to keep, go to, um, to keep going. And that's when you've got to develop the true skill of high-integrity decision-making. It's important at though, you know, when you feel those feelings more than any other point in your business is to be able to make high-integrity decisions. Because often when you get to this decision point, it's for a very personal reasons. You no longer feel like you have any time, energy, or you're running out of money, or your relationships are falling apart. You're not seeing your family, you're not seeing your honey, you're not seeing your friends anymore. Or your passion simply for your whole project has waned because the business side of it has killed it. And you can't think of any reasons to keep going with it, um, especially if you're feeling really miserable on all levels. Um, maybe sometimes you just want to try something new, or you just want to live like a normal person, and I put that in quotes in the show notes, um, with a nine-to-five job, a regular income, and a work-life balance. And I know the irony of that desire will not be lost on you, <laughs> my friends. But either way, if any of those five reasons or any other reasons, you basically feel like you hit a dead end. But you hit a dead end. You know, I've hit a dead end probably six times over the last 12 years of figuring out my freedom life model, of which consulting, coaching, and digital information products has been part of that model. I've hit a dead end many times, and I've had to make this high-integrity decision every single time. And what I've realized is from all my research and from going through it myself and listening to other people's stories is that sometimes the dead end is a sign of a major turning point or upswing in your life or in your work. And the failure that seems to loom over you is actually about to tip over into some sort of success in your professional or personal life. So here are the three things that I think is are worth giving a try when you feel like you've hit that dead-end proverbial wall point. So the first one is to give it another two months. Now, there are countless stories by people on the verge of quitting who push through and get unexpected results just beyond that point. So Srinivas Rao, who is the creator of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, advises to give two more months when you hit this point. And he wrote a blog post called The Year I Almost Quit. And in that, he says, the difference between quitting altogether and my book deal was two months. And in that two months, during that two months, my editor had returned to publishing from her job at Skillshare, found my thousand word a day article and sent me an email about writing a book. So if you feel like quitting, give it two months. It's not much more time, but it could also make a profound difference in how things turn out. So that's kind of my story as well. You know, I get to that point where I think, oh, nothing is working. I just want to quit. 
And then something magical happens. Someone reaches out to me, I get three new clients in a row, and bam, everything changes almost overnight. Number two, consider scaling back or going smaller and getting smarter. So many of us start way too big when we should have asked right up front, what is the smallest possible iteration of my idea, my project, my product, or my business, or my offer that I could make, sell, create, launch right now? The smallest iteration. Now, I even started with a $1,000 coaching program. It was actually $997. But, you know, I could have explored my ideas a lot more um, before going large with smaller offerings like single sessions or even mini courses. Because the thing is, with the big ideas, it's so easy to drown yourself in the detail, the features, the embellishments, the price points, and this, that, and the other. And to be honest, especially for me, it was all tied in with my ego. I wanted to offer a high value, a premium product straight away. But bear in mind that many of the best ideas, the best projects, products, and services start as really simple things. In Silicon Valley, they call this an MVP, a minimum viable product. Now, if today's Fortune 500 companies started that small, why shouldn't you? Why didn't I? Why don't we do that? So think about what is the simplest iteration you could offer right now? How could you really scale back to super, super simple? What's the simplest way to offer it as well? So for example, one of my favorite online business mentors, George Cow, doesn't invest in expensive online course software or fancy web pages to deliver his course. You simply buy his course via PayPal and he delivers it as an email that contains links to his unlisted video lessons on YouTube. It's absolutely genius. And after being indoctrinated in this whole fancy online course software malarkey for five years, honestly, his teaching has been such a revelation to me, absolutely refreshing. And it's really made me think so much about how to just to go back to not only just a simple business and simple way of doing business, but a really simple life as well. And actually, incidentally, one of his $60 courses is one of the best investments in business training I ever made. Check him out, George Cow. He's just, he's a lovely guy and all of his content is so authentic. Number three is to interpret your results differently. Now, I'm talking about the actual results in your business, as in you invested $100 in a Facebook ads campaign and 34 people signed up. I'm talking about the maths of your business. Now, I know it's so easy to say, oh, no clients, no sales. Oh, my business is a failure. But is it? Now, I'm going to conjecture no. Now, my coach, Brooke Castillo, I did her coaching program last year, and it was absolutely brilliant because it really helps you focus on mindset. But I've also learned so much from her about business. She does this great entrepreneur coaching. Now, she deducted some amazingly awesome insights from her business coach, Frank Kern, about the five problems you can have in business. So again, this wasn't directly taught by him to her. This is what she deducted um, by what? Uh, watching him, learning from him, and um, really observing him in action as well. So the first thing is that you have to know your target market or your niche really, really well. So you can call this your target market, your audience, your ICA, your ideal customer avatar, your niche, whatever you call it. Do you have a target market problem? The second is, do you have traffic coming to where they can buy your stuff? So do you have a traffic problem? 
The third is, are people converting when they get there? So are they opting in? Are they opting into your newsletter? Are they opting into uh, to your free stuff? Are you showing them you can help them effectively enough to trade their email with you so that you can start building a relationship with them and um, qualifying whether they're going to buy from you or not? So do you have a conversion problem? Four, are your offers good enough? Do you know how to sell? Have you actually created value that your audience wants to pay for? So do you have a sales problem? And number five is can you scale? Do you have a scaling problem? Are you a company of one coaching 100 people a month and realizing that really you can only really be coaching 30 people a month or even 15 people a month and that you actually need how to need to know how to scale your business more effectively so you don't burn yourself out and so that your business can actually grow. Now, other than those five problems, uh, Frank and uh, Brooke both suggest everything else is drama. So look at the numbers in your business. Look at the mass in your business. Really understand, do you know your audience super well, well enough to create value for them, well enough to talk to them, well enough to get their email from them, well enough to make them offers that are no-brainers for them. And when you can focus on that level of maths in your business, you can then start to figure everything out because you can see where the blocks in your funnels are. And chances are you may not have already done this level of analysis before. I know I hadn't before I heard Brooke talking in this way and before I started following Frank Kern as well. Which means, first, you can really just look at your business and results from a very mathematical approach and make a much better decision about whether to shut your business, quit your business or not. But still, at the end of the day, it's still your decision and your personal reasons matter too. Your health, your body, your relationships, your personal time, your personal development, your general well-being, your mental health, your passion, your sense of purpose. Pay attention to all of it. Listen to that voice inside your head. Separate the drama from the true feeling, that true sense of integrity and alignment, and of course, the maths of your business. And then make a very high integrity decision so you can keep moving forward in your life and your work, regardless of whether you quit your business or not, because that doesn't stop you from moving forward. That might actually catapult you forward into the thing that you really can get your teeth into and really flow and fly with. So head over to the show notes to read Jason Zook's story and to watch my interview with Sam DeBruin. It's really, he's really such a beautiful person and such a lovely business person. And you can find both of those at stephanieholland.co forward slash 46. And if you're thinking about this question for your business quite seriously and you have the podcast study pack number two, crack open worksheet 3.5 to think more deeply about your decision in a way you may not have done before. If you don't have your copy yet, don't worry. You can grab a copy at stephanieholland.co forward slash 46, where once you do, you'll get a worksheet for each episode so that you can implement your learnings and insights ASAP. And you'll also get other multimedia resources I don't share anywhere else. And I still think it's a steal. I say this every week, but I still think it's a steal at $27. And also, would you please do me a favor, por favor? If you're enjoying the podcast and you love this episode, would you please rate and review it on iTunes, please? That would help me so much. Thank you so much for doing that. But until next time, keep thriving on all levels so that you can stay in the game until you get the results in your life and in your work that you're looking for. Thank you for joining me today. Have a beautiful week. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Thriving Empire Podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Now, if you're not subscribed already, be sure to do that right now. Head over to stephanieholland.co and sign up right on the page so you never miss an episode. You'll also get my latest strategic worksheet for maximizing your personal freedom while you launch your ideas. And if you enjoyed this episode a lot, I would love it so much if you would do me a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. This will help me get the podcast discovered by more solopreneurs so that I can help them minimize the pain, drama, and burnout of launching their ideas too. Just search for Thriving Empire on your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, and review. Thank you so much. So you have a beautiful week, and I'll see you next time on Thriving Empire.